How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the busiest co-host in the world, Mike the Kid Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, really quick, I just want to say uh, thank you to uh, everybody on uh, Twitter, uh last monday you know stuff happens i wasn't able to get on and uh we we talk about you know cowboys family and uh whether you're like you hate dak prescott or you love dak prescott or you think tanks overpaid or you love tank and and the the paying the running back or not paying the running back uh uh get a left tackle or get parsons parsons the best you know, uh, no matter what, you know, you, uh, we really are a family and, uh, I'm from Frisco or, or uh, from, uh, California, Fresno. And a lot of you guys are from Texas. And I know those two States are like supposed to battle and everything, but, um, you, know, you guys showed a lot of love last week and I really appreciate that. I just wanted to say that, um, thank you very much. And, uh, I'll keep y'all updated, but but uh, my blood work was great, so that's that's the first positive, and then we go from there. Yeah, shout out to our Cowboys brethren. I mean, the, the people that do support this show, Mike, and, and have been our day ones, and you know, showing love and support, man. You can't think of enough. And then now for a, you know to be able to share your personal life with for them to take it even a step further and show up there, man, that's awesome. It's crazy, man. It's 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 crazy what a thing Twitter is like. I don't go on the other social media stuff much. I'm, I I go on Instagram. I post some stories every every once in a while. I post food. food. I'm not much of a TikTok person. I'm, I'm hardly on Snap. I'm hardly on Facebook. So I, I don't really use those, but I'm on Twitter all the time. And uh, it's, there's really a – the Cowboys group is we – a lot of us have grown really close, even though we will argue and bicker, whether it's um, Jesse – uh, Massey, Dan, Dan, the old ageist, uh, Rupert, and and we'll battle back and forth and stuff. But like, I really feel like like if we were like near each other, we yeah. would go out like once a week and we would hang out. And if somebody had something happen, we would show up there for them. And I've never met none of y'all in person, not in person. But I would have been like, hey, something's going down. They need yeah. I'm there. Where, where's it at? You know, right. so it's just crazy how we've we've really through through the um trials and tribulations of dealing with the Cowboys front front office and the pain of being a Cowboys fan, we become like family and uh and I am blind without my glasses. <laughs> and it's just crazy. Like, you know, people found out that I missed stuff because I was at the doctor and everything, and it just all kinds of love, man. So it, I just wanted to throw that out, let you guys know that it, it's really appreciated. And, you know, Mike, just to add on to that, not to take away from it, but also just the, what well, you know, you mentioned the people on Twitter, like talking to people that are even Cowboys fans, when we've had people come on from off sides, how, how welcoming they are, how cool they are, how respectful they are. They don't, they're not even Cowboys fans, but they they themselves have shown support. They've enjoyed the show and kind of building a relationship with people even outside the Cowboys fan bases shows you the power of twitter as well yeah it's it's crazy because my boy uh tom stakes you know like one of the most hated people the, the mr verified 
Uh-huh. And now he's he's my guy on there. Like we'll 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 yell at each other a little bit about different stuff because he is an Eagles fan and and uh you know he's saddled with a, a terrible quarterback and he'll like talk about how overrated Dak Prescott is, but he'll play up Jalen Hurts, like Jalen Hurts is gonna be the next and I'm like, oh man, you're really you're gonna talk about Dak Prescott, Han, like knock him, but but all right, man. Good luck with that over the next couple of years. So it, it's fun. It's all fun. Yeah. Shout out to our boy LP, who's uh, hitting us up in the chat. Mike, he likes the new look. What are your thoughts on the uh, overlay here? Oh, I love it. Uh, and and the, you you keep sending me. <laughs> I should have just. I should have said I like it. <laughs> oh, Lee, dude. I'm like, I don't know if he, how he actually feels about anything because he's. Oh, dude, I like it. I like yeah, it. I like it. I like he'll, it. I'm like, God, he'll send me stuff in the uh, in the DM, and he's like, "What do you think?" You're like, "I like it." And he's like, That's "You it. like I everything." Like I'm like, "I like it." I don't know what to do. It's it's good. I like it. <laughs> well, hey, uh, I, I you know I, I I wait for the criticism. I say I want the criticism, but when he finally gave it to me, I'm gonna be heartbroken, Mike. Yes, I I um. I do really like. That's the thing, though. I really like this the the stuff you put there. You show me. Yeah, I like it. I so that's what I say. I like it. Yeah, it's awesome. But it, like, it, it's easy and it's it explains how I feel. Yep, I like it. <laughs> so okay, when you cook something for everybody and you, and somebody goes, "Oh yeah, I like it," and that's all they ever say about every meal. How do you feel about that as a chef? Ooh, yeah, I wouldn't like that. Yeah, I'd probably be like, yeah, I would want like, well, what do you like about it? Is it yeah. salty enough? Is it written? You know, is there good balances? Yeah, I would want more description, but that's food. Foods, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's food. I, 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 I agree there. It's, it's totally different, but at the same time, man, you know, you want to hear some some sort of feedback more than I like it. <laughs> I, I do like it. <laughs> it's really cool. good. I like it. <laughs> Hey, I like you know all, I'll, I'll take it. I like, like all the stuff. Money. Hey, man, you know what? For somebody who doesn't win very often, I'll, I'll accept that, Mike. <laughs> so, we, we, you know, we're talking about cooking and everything, and that's going to uh, kind of be a smooth transition to our first segment, of course, Mike. But before we get into it, you were talking about your family on Twitter. Where can they find you there? At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. I like the addition of Mike Cronin. Is that something you just added, or has that always been there? I put it on there because it was it was uh, asked of by KD. He was like, CD Piglet's cool, but you need to put your name. People need to know Mike Crum. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll do that, you know. Wait, is so, that, does KD watch the show? I don't. Dude, KD, Kate, hey, I hope not because I, I got four LP who's on. No, listen. I have two things done and two debate battles, me and Dan's debate and me and LP's debate done. And he hasn't got – I think it's because free agency's going. He's not really worried about the draft stuff right now. But he hasn't put any of them out. And uh, I'm like, damn, man, because I was so on point on Christian Watson and Jermaine Johnson. I knew those guys were going to fly up boards, and I wanted those two – post out before senior bowl. Cause I right. knew the minute they got seen at senior bowl, they were going to fly up every board in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now, you know, I'm the, I, I really like these draft debates and I want to get them out 
And I think once I get a couple, then I can go to Tuck and go, hey, yours is next and yours. But I don't want to start like, what am I going to go to Massey for and be like, hey, start, let's start our debate thing if I can't get the LPs and Dan's, you know, posted yet. So if, if KD, you're the best boss, I don't care how long you take. If you are watching, take your time. Make me look good. You edit really well. So love you. Love you, KD. Watch Catch the Spade. That's their podcast. It's well worth the money. I pay for it. I work for them and I pay for that podcast, by the way. I've still never listened to an episode. That's no disrespect to you, KD, or to you, Mr. Mr. Patrick C. No, uh, Patrick Nussie Walker, but I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I try to uh, support everybody, but man, there's a lot of us. Yeah, there is. There, there, I just love those two. And it's the boss. Like, bro, boss, gotta, gotta, Gotta put it, gotta put on for the boss. That's the boss. You want your workout? You want the e- editing done well? Yes, sir. Ten dollars subscription video, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, before we get into our uh into our first segment, Mike, let me uh let the people know where they can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore rank fifteen. Well, those who are familiar with the show already know what our next topic will be, but for those who aren't, every Monday Mike has a meatless Monday where he doesn't consume any meat, obviously. So, Mike, before we get into it, uh, let us know what's on the Meatless Monday, Meatless Monday menu. Unfortunately, guys, it's all stuff you've heard before. Uh, it wasn't really anything fun. I have not slept much in two days, so I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, like going all out on the uh, prep and cook. So, the cauliflower pizza, of course, is a staple. I have that like at least once or twice a month. And then I also I bought some sweet corn tamales. Tamales, and uh, yeah, and those are some of my favorites down at Bayarda. The corn ones are the I like it because they're the best, and they're also meatless, so I can get them and have them on that day. Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember what I had for breakfast. Oh, I made pancakes, so I had hey. pancakes for breakfast. I had a couple sweet corn tamales for lunch, and I just finished uh, cauliflower pizza, crust pizza before uh, before we got on. So not bad. Uh, as far as the, the pancakes go, are you a pancake or griddle cake guy? What? Like, you know, the griddle cake's kind of with the kind of crunchy exterior. Oh, you like to fry the batter a little bit when you make yeah. it. Yeah. To be honest, I probably like the griddle cake more. I like the texture, but I almost never make them because I'm too, <laughs> I'm too impatient. In the morning, I'm like, duh. I just want something so I can have my coffee and take my insulin. Yeah. So uh, I make really good protein pancakes, but uh, but yeah, griddle cakes. When you let the butter get really hot and you add a little bit of oil with the butter, so it fries a little bit, it's it's really good. I actually I actually made some griddle cakes for my wife and I on Sunday morning, and they were I hadn't made pancakes in a while, but they they really hit the spot. But I immediately wanted to take a nap after about two. Yeah, that that's the problem. I had the I had two pancakes and no sleep and and honestly after I eat the pancakes the only sleep I got was in this damn chair from 6 a.m. to 7:30 after I had the pancakes. I was just like nap time before work. I was hey, out. That, that hour and a half, I'm sure that did you some good though. Oh, I needed it. That the hour and a half did good, but uh but the coffee and the red the half a bottle of red line that got me through the work day. Yes, sir. All right, Mike, we'll start. Let's talk some football. And 
you know, uh, the, of course, this is the show sheet from last week, but I feel like these topics are still relevant. However, this first question here, I believe, was answered for, for both of us. Jerry Jones, he had, a, he had quite a lot to say today. And one thing in particular was the uh, Gregory, Randy Gregory contract mishap. What were your thoughts on his comments there? Um, uh, they're kind of saving, trying to save face. Yeah, you know, yeah. they uh, they thought they had the contract done. Jerry thought he had it done. Um, you know, in a thing where in a market where things are competitive, you can't just assume stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, there's another team breathing down your neck that wants the player. The agent is from there. Mm-hmm. You know, so you really got to make sure pen to paper every detail. And, um, and that wasn't done. And so, um, obviously I put that on the front office because you had the deal done and you let it slip through your hands for whatever reasons. And, uh, and it was a major mistake And them. The, the latest thing where they have three, you know, we got three players for one. I'm like, yeah, let's go into Madden and try to do a, let's trade Dorrance Armstrong who I love personally, but he's unproven. LVE, who just yeah. is not a good enough player in in the NFL since his, he just had too many injuries. It's no good. And uh, who the hell else did they Dante get? Fowler. And Dante Fowler. Yeah. Try, try to send that trade through. You have two guys that both had one good year. First round bust, basically, is what they were. Dante Fowler was pretty much a bust. LVE was a bust, except they both had one really good year. And then Dorrance Armstrong, who I will say this, if he breaks out, they look great because say he gets nine sacks, you know, this next mm-hmm. year, which with Parsons and uh, and Tank, if they're healthy, yeah. absolutely possible. He got five, five to five and a half last year on 56% of the snaps and it's very and was injured. Uh he only played 13 games I think. So is it possible he comes out gets 9 sacks, say Gregory has 11, has a really good year as 11. Everybody's going to go, "Well, you had two and a half sack different or whatever for you know, that big of a contract." So everybody will go, "Oh, what a great move." Right. But it it's a lot to like hope and and you know, Hey, let's hope this happens. There's a lot of that. Let's hope Dorrance Armstrong takes the next step. Let's hope Dante Fowler could get back that one year that he was great. Let's hope LBE could play like his rookie year. Like, if you got Randy Gregory, you knew what you were going to get. Like, we can act like, like, oh, he was only this. Dude, he was a good player. Stop. Stop. Now that he's gone, don't try to, like, everybody was happy. That contract was really good, too. Forget yeah. the five years, 70. It was less than 50% guaranteed. They had an out after two years. Like that Randy Gregory contract was stellar. And and they 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 lost a, a valuable piece. And, and it's too bad. So when you think Jerry was saving face, do you think he was embarrassed that he messed up the deal or he was trying to protect Steven? Oh, he was, yeah, he was trying to protect his guys. When he got off the phone, the deal was done. Yeah. And then the minute you the minute you're not like with your boys, you know, Jerry's like the the, the guy. You you guys yeah. saw the tank interview where, you know, Stephen Jones like, "Yep. Uh my dad's not taking this. I can tell you that right now. You, you know, you you should have just took our one year 10 deal, 10 
10 million. You should be lucky we offered you that. And then he goes and the dad's like, Jerry's like, well, yeah, of course. He's been loyal to us, a great player. Like, this is a good contract for both sides. We'll take it. But mm-hmm. the the son is just – Jerry is is a bad GM. If you look at it without Jerry John, without Jimmy Johnson, he's been very bad. He hasn't hired good coaches. Uh, he's made bad moves. They, they've they've allowed Rod Marinelli to influence drafts so that you draft Tristan Hills instead of one Thorn Hills, and and you draft Taco Charlton instead of T.J. Watts. But Stephen Jones is miraculously worse, like uh, like another level worse. Like he makes. Jerry Jones looked like a good GM in comparison to how bad he is at his job. So, you know, I'm putting it on him because why wouldn't you? There's no evidence that he doesn't F everything else up. You know, what I heard from uh, Brian Broaddus was that after the season ended, um, negotiations weren't going very well between Gregory and the front office. Like they were telling him, you know, that he was a team leader, but they also were wanting to pay him like he was still the guy that couldn't stay on the field and things like that. So he was getting frustrated. And then when they finally got the contract done, you know, they tried to slide in that uh, that agreement about this being suspension and, you know, all the, the, the money being non-guaranteed and things like that. See, it sound, kind of sounded like the agent who has a relationship with the Broncos was looking for any reason to get Gregory out of that deal. Yeah, could have been. He probably doesn't want to deal with Stephen Jones. No. Let's be honest. Why would you, as an agent, why would you want to deal with the guy? It's like, why, why, why? Think of how, like, what a waste of time it was for Bobby Wagner, uh, a friggin' All-Pro, multiple times over, had a very good season last year. Not like he had some crazy drop off. You know, he was killing it versus the run. He's an elite run player. He's a decent. Uh, a coverage guy still, and you uh, you got to go into this interview where you're like, where I just can't say he's like some hot. Sh- oh, look, you get to play for Dallas. We'll offer yeah. you this same bullshit deal we do everyone else, where we don't even give you seven million a year, you know. And it's like, by Wag, like you wasted by Wagner's time, basically. And it's just, I don't, I I understand why agents would be like, uh, don't go to this place. Let's if everything's even, let's go somewhere else so we don't have to deal with them. We can deal with competent GMs and, and owners who hire GMs to do the job instead of instead of owners whose main thing is to win every deal, win every negotiation. It's, it's dumb. So you, you kind of touched on it there, Mike, but in your eyes, how, how big is the loss of Gregory? You know, just I'm gonna go back to last year's stats. No, not that stats are everything, but you know, six sack, six sacks, nineteen combined tackles. A total, uh, total tackles would be thirty-four. And tackle for, tackles for loss four and seventeen quarterback hits. I mean, how big of a loss do you think that production is? It's an enormous loss, and the reason is is this isn't Madden where you just load guys where you where you put a guy in. You know, this not. Tank's going to miss some games. He just always does. So now you're talking, you know, right. If, if you line them up right now, Dorrance Armstrong, Tank, uh, uh, Basham, Golston, uh-huh. Valor, not bad because Parsons is your real second pass rusher. 
when it yeah. comes down and you need to get to the quarterback, you're likely going to slide tank down, move Parsons to that side, and have those two attack one side as your primary pass rushers and have the other side not allow them to sca- escape, the quarterback to escape, and to clean up from yeah. your from your elite pass rush on the one side. So that's not bad. But then you have to factor in Tank gets hurt. If Parsons has to move the defensive end, who's your linebackers? You know, uh, is Cox going to be back in time to be effective early? Like, if you have Randy Gregory, you're talking, you have two guys. When you go down to that third down and Tank slides over, and you're talking Randy Gregory, Tank, Parsons, that's yike. That's yikes for any quarterback. Is like, okay, we got to get the ball out fast. The rush is going to be coming. That helps out your defensive backs because as the year goes on, Diggs and Bossman will know, hey, we can jump these. You know, they're trying to get rid of the ball quick. Let's jump them. Our defense has got our back. If we if we jump it and we're wrong, the pass rush will get there. And now you're you're kind of waiting see mode. You've opened a hole at the edge position that you didn't have if you complete this uh, this transaction. I don't know, Mike. I think about it, and I, I know that you can't just base everything off of production. But Randy Gregory himself, this is the first time, and or no, second time in five years that he's played double-digit games. And I'm not holding his past against him, but I just feel like with the addition of Fowler and the addition of, or you know, hopefully with the emergence of, of Armstrong, hopefully the uh, sur- surgeons, or you know, at least just being consistent, that they, they can fill that void. I really feel like they can, especially with Dan Quinn. I know it's just it's a lot of hope when you had a re- a guy on a really good contract and Randy. We say what we want about Randy Gregory's past, this but he's not hope. He gets pressure on the quarterback, and right. they barely got him and Tank barely got to play together. And in the games that there's a stat out in the games that had Parsons, Gregory, and Tank, they like led the NFL in like QBR allowed yards per play. Uh, yards per attempt. It was like ridiculous. And it's hard to replicate that because defenses know, hey, we need to shade a little bit towards Gregory. He's tough. We got always got to watch Parsons. Tank yeah. is a monster at pass rush win rate. You know, so it just it's it's a different type of defense now with Gregory out there. You're gonna have to cover better. You're going to have to hope and Armstrong you know, makes a jump or hope Dante Fowler can can go back to the person he was like three, four years ago. So just I'd have rather had the bird in the hand personally. I hear you. So, you know, I was a uh, spoiler alert. I kind of gave away our next topic here, but it sounds like you don't feel that Armstrong and Fowler are good enough to fill that void. Is that right? Okay, so Fowler's a hope and a prayer. He's had one really great year. He's played under Quinn before he was no good. I'm not even going to put him to make the team. If he does and does something great, he's only 28, but I'm not banking on him doing anything. You know, if he does, he's like, he reminds me of Curse. Um, Only only Fowler has a little bit more pedigree because he was an earlier pick, but it's one of those ones coming in that I'm like, eh, if he adds anything great, but it's not. I'm not expecting anything. I think Basham uh, will will have a better year than him because he's been in the system, this new system with Quinn. But Armstrong, he's 24 years old. Like, 
like it, you know, you just can't go, oh, he's not going to get better. He's a 24 year old. Look at what Tank was at 24 and what Gregory was at 24. Like, you know, they, this is where they start to make their moves to become better. And he's going into his fifth year now, second year under Quinn, where he had his best year. Uh, 13 games started, 56% of the snaps. He had, uh, Five and a half sacks, I believe it was. Five to five and a half. And so he he is a guy that could be on a rise. And if he is, you can replicate that uh, that um, production. But, it, again, it's a lot of hope. Like hoping Dor- Dorrance Armstrong develops. Hoping there's a resurgence of Fowler. I don't love that, but it is what it is right now. So how, how do you feel about this, though? Tank? And Dorrance Armstrong starting at defensive end with Micah Fowler and, and Vanderesh a linebacker. Oh, I don't like Vanderesh a linebacker at all. Um, I would say you go Keanu uh, or uh, Curse. Sorry, you go Curse and uh, and Curse Micah Fowler as your your linebackers is Curse and Fowler or uh, Curse and uh, and Parsons. Your rushers as Armstrong and uh, and Tank, and then bring the extra defensive back in, or have Wilson play like a deep safety that can move up if necessary. But that's how I do it. I'd have our, our defunct linebackers yeah. until Cox is ready to be mm-hmm. cursed and Parsons. You know, I understand, Mike. That you know, you mentioned the bird in the hand here. It's crazy to me that Fowler is still is been in the league one year longer than than Randy Gregory. But he's two years younger. Yeah, it's it's insane, and he and he he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on him as far as you know. Uh, uh, he, he you you wouldn't be shocked if he came. You it wouldn't be something where you were like, oh my god, like wow, he did this and that. You know he has talent. He was a top five pick. You know he's uh, he's always made a team. No matter what, no matter what he did the year before, somebody's taking a chance on him. So you know the talent is there. It's could Quinn, the defensive coordinator, get it out of him better than Quinn, the uh, the head coach, could in Atlanta. As far as a fella goes, I mean, do you know what his strengths are? Is he a lead against the, the run? Is he an elite pass rusher? I mean, what are his strengths? He's a bendy pass rusher. He's a he's, he's a like Gregory. Uh, a little different. Gregory got a little bigger. He got up to 260 and, and, uh, wasn't as much as, uh, uh, like a get off and bend around the corner guy like Fowler could be. Uh, Fowler's one of those forced fumble guys if he's doing well, because he just beats the guy around the edge and then boom, ball strip. So he's kind of the bendy type and Randy Gregory was kind of slippery. I think is a better word for him. Um, could get uh could beat people inside more by by getting off quick and getting people off balance on the outside and getting back in. He had a little bit better uh, hand usage as far as physicality, but Dante Fowler is like a get off the ball, bend around your left tackle, you know, uh, uh, ta- tackle the quarterback, strip the ball. He's that type. He just he didn't live up to the, other than the one year he had double digit sacks. He doesn't really live up to the big billing you know, that he's, that he had coming out of college. You know, looking at, we, we bring back Dorrance Armstrong, we signed Fowler, we have Chauncey Golson, and we also have Basham. I mean, do you feel that defensive end is still a need for the Cowboys? 
I do not. I think your defensive ends are your real defensive ends are Pars Parsons and Tank. Right. When it comes down to third and fourteen, we got to get to Gregory or uh, to Brady. Yeah. I think Dor uh, uh, Parsons and Tank will be the edge rushers. Dorrance and and uh, Basham and them can rotate can 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 do stuff in there. But with those two, you're pretty good. My worry is the linebacker. I don't like LVE. Cox, when is he going to be ready off an injury? Curse uh, is good and Parsons is good. But if Parsons has to play the edge and Curse is getting a tight end, who's your thumping middle guy? I hate that as LVE. That's bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that uh, you look at last year next to Mike, I thought LVE had a solid season. I mean, nothing that eye-opening, especially when you look at his contract. It was obvious that maybe the Cowboys didn't feel very that highly of him either, but it was nice to see him stay healthy. Yeah, it was nice to see him stay healthy. He just he, – he honestly just – he's he's below starter quality. Like, if he's your starter, you want to do better than that. Yeah, I mean, it's just when you're next to a guy like Mike, anybody's going to look good, right? Yeah, it's like a running back with a really good offensive line. Was it the running back or was it the offensive line? Yeah. So, you know, we, you've mentioned linebacker quite a few times tonight, Mike. Would the addition of Bobby Wagner fix the remaining holes on this team? Yes, sir, it would. Oh, the, the the defense under Dak Prescott has had one huge weakness, and it's been the run-stopping component. And Bobby Wagner is elite versus the run. He's just a tackling machine. He sees it before it happens. Yeah. He, he, he tackles and doesn't miss tackles. He's, he's really excellent, even though he's getting older. He still does that really well. And, uh, and you wouldn't really need him to cover a lot. You know, in the in the big downs, you wouldn't match him up on the tight ends. You have Curse, you have Cox, who's going to be coming back. Micah Parsons can cover. Um, uh, you have Malik Hooker, so you know you have the options in coverage. You need a run stopper because it's been the biggest weakness of the Dak era is is the run defense. So, yeah, I um I I would love to get Wagner. God, can you imagine? Man, uh, one one year, eleven million. I mean, that would be that could be the signing of the free agency steal of the century, easily. And that's what he's. That's the word is what he's looking for. One yeah. year, eleven million. And Give what, me. What Cowboys are working with seventeen million, or is it twenty-seven million still? Cowboys are working with. We don't. We don't sign anybody that's over six point five million from another team. That's what they're working with. Unfortunately, how crazy would it be if we waited until June? And Wagner's wasn't signed. He decided to take that deal. I'll cry. I'd be, I'd be like happier than I was with Brent Urban. Happier than I was with the CD Lamb pick. Happier than I was with the Trayvon Diggs pick. I would be ecstatic if that happened. You know the way you're talking about our linebackers, Mike. It's kind of making me want to want to take one in the first round. Not the first, but you probably need to get one in the first three rounds. Sticking with a linebacker discussion, with, with the addition of Bobby Wagner, give the Cowboys offseason uh, a B grade or higher. I, I know that as of right now, I believe I saw last week, he said he had the amount of, was it a D? Yeah, if you got Bobby Wagner, you would be, especially with the curse signing too yeah. since then. Yeah, I would say you're a solid in like the BB plus area if you brought in Bobby Wagner. Yeah, I mean, that it's... It's kind of crazy to think that we've 
been pretty upset overall about the, the moves that the Cowboys have made, even though we brought back some core defensive players, but that one signing could, could really be the difference maker. Yeah, I agree. It's the one that uh, it's it just fits what they need. Like the whole Dak era has been the Rams running up their butt, the Colts running up their butt, the Niners running up their butt. They just don't have that guy that that puts it on in the run game. They really don't, and it's it's frustrating. They just don't. I love that they got Brent Urban, but like it's a signing that they, you know, a cheaper one. They, he did get fully guaranteed. Like it wasn't a nothing signing. They did give him a little bit of money, and they guaranteed it and stuff. So that it it proved that they that they were trying. But to have Bobby Wagner right there and think like, well, instead of Bobby Wagner, we could get LVE and an, you know, and another guy, and you're like, yeah. Wait, did we did we resign Brent Brent Urban? No, not yet. Oh, okay. No, word is that they might they might think about uh, throwing a uh, you know one year less than seven million uh, somewhere in there. Uh, at Hakeem Hicks. Oh, really? Yeah, Hakeem Hicks from the Bears. That's word. So I that would be about that. Yeah, me neither. I think um, as a pure run stopper at this point before injury, Urban was better. But Hicks brings a little bit of a, a playmaker, a swagger, a uh, a big play game uh, player to the mix. Also, I keep hearing. I don't know if you've heard this, Mike. You're you're more connected than I am, but. I keep hearing all this trade discussion. Have you heard any rumors about potential trades for the Cowboys? I have not. There was the Diggs thing, which was never was a thing. Nothing. Yeah, it was not going to happen. I haven't heard anything like that. Not not since, you know, LC got cut. You know, Mike, we know, we know how everybody feels about Bobby Wagner, but is there another guy? I, I know a name you've mentioned a couple times, but is there another free agent you're hoping Dallas might kick the tires on? Urban, I'd like Brent Urban back. I know he's not exactly a free agent from another team. Um, and then there's a few, uh, uh, there's a few linebackers you could go through and pick up depth wise. And Will Hernandez, Will yeah, Hernandez would be a great. That's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, that'd be a great pickup. A little bit of attitude, um, and uh, and some power inside, yeah. and maybe with. Uh, uh, new O line coach, he can make some uh, make some things happen. Thing about Will Hernandez, though, I know he wasn't in a good situation, but all I've ever heard about him are just issues with effort. And I hate that. That's that's like kind of my pet peeve. Yeah, I don't really like that either. I would understand why people wouldn't go for him if that was you know one of the issues. So another player that got signed a couple weeks ago, Mike, was James Washington. Did, did that move the needle for you at all? Uh, I think he's uh, he's the Gallup insurance. Yes. Gallup's the go deep, uh, go up and get it guy. So I don't even have Washington really as a wide receiver three or four. I think he's for the first five games, make sure Gallup is brought back slowly. You know, he gets in and maybe by game five or six, he can come off the, uh, the pup list or whatever they have. And during that time, Washington becomes the X wide receiver who's, job is to beat press and try to beat guys deep which is kind of what he does well so i think that's his job 
And then after that, I think they would want like Fioku or a rookie yeah. or one of them to kind of be more of the guy because James Washington's only going to be around one year. Yeah, I view James Washington as our, like you said, our Gallup insurance in case he's not ready for the beginning of the season. But he's still, to me, no more than the wide receiver four. Yeah, I agree. And and the thing is, he's a better wide receiver, but he's not as good a wide receiver for because of how many things Wilson brought to the table. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. I think he'll make some big plays. Uh, I think he's a deep play threat, and now he has a quarterback that could throw it past 20 yards. <laughs> so I think he'll make some plays, but I don't think it's, you know, it's going to be a, a big, big deal. Well, Mike, I've got some breaking news and some sad news. Shout out to the Star Vision for uh, sharing this with me. But uh, apparently, Will Hernandez signed with Arizona today. Oh, well, that's too bad. Hey, I always heard that guy had attitude problems and he's lazy. Screw him. <laughs> yeah, big shout out to the Star Vision. Are you familiar with, with the Star Vision at all? Of course. Yeah, Star Vision's, uh, uh, they, they have a group uh, that you definitely know from the chat. There is a there. It's uh, because I don't want to go into specific names because I'll I'll miss some and then feel bad. But they've yeah. definitely had some mentioned already. Well, Star Vision, I'm not sure who you are. I guess I do know who you are, but I appreciate you tuning into the chat and sharing the news, man. I, I I'm not as smart as Mike. He's the nice guy. He's the he's the brains behind this operation. If you didn't know that already. So you know, Mike, we're talking. About, what's that? I just said Star Vision. Three hours sleep in two days, dude. You got to. I thought there for a minute you were about to doze off in the chair. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'll go like this for a headache thing that yes. I have going on, but you're, you're good. I'm I'm listening. I'm there with you. You'll hear me chime in right after. No, you're good. So we've talked a lot about the additions the Cowboys have made. By, but when you look at the losses of Amari Cooper, Lyle Collins, Connor Williams, and, of course, Randy Gregory, are these major losses or do you view them as replaceable? Uh, I think they're pretty big losses. The, uh, the Gregory one's pretty bad. Like, man, it's just, just having that, having three pass rushers like Randy Gregory, Tank Lawrence and Micah Parsons is just special. It's real. And they can come from so many different areas because Parsons can blitz. Parsons can go next to Gregory. Tank can move down and Parsons can play the edge. Like, yeah, that is a big loss. Now, go through the other ones one more time for me Amari Cooper, Lyle Collins, Connor Williams. Not, not for me. Um, I think, I think Cooper, um, I understood that 20 million. He played, but he, he could hardly practice. Um, you know, I, I, I get where they're going with that. You know, he's, he's, I think you'd preferably, you'd like to do something like Gallup as your X, Lamb as your Z, and then get a slot guy who's interchangeable. So, so all of them can move to the slot, but in base, you'd have Lamb as your Z and, uh, and, uh, uh, Gallup as your X. The yeah. problem is, is Cooper was always the Z. You know, and he's great and everything, but I just, I get that one. I didn't kill him for that one. I actually, I was mad more about the Schultz tag than I was about the Cooper. You know, um, I said the minute they brought out the stuff about him being released, that the best he, they were going to do is a day three pick. 
and they got the fifth round pick and they swapped six so that they got the earlier sixth round. So, you know, they did what they could do since they effed it up by letting it known that he was going to be uh, got. But I, I, I think their offense could be great. You had you had one of the rookies, a, a Pickens, a Sky Moore, uh, uh, Burks. You had uh, uh, Garrett Wilson, Jameis Wilson, Jameis Williams to to one of those rookies to this lineup, Christian Watson. You're you're still going to be a baller ass lineup. So I'm not worried about that. But but the uh, LC was going to be a backup. Um, people kill Biadish, but by the end of the year, Biadish was out playing both tackles which isn't saying a lot because both those tackles were playing like trash for most of the year trying, you know, trying to come back and forth off of injuries and LC with a suspension. So I think um, obviously LC is better than steel. Don't, don't get me, get it twisted. But I think with another year steel in the system, another year in the books, another year in the weight room, they'll be pretty um, passable for each other. And Connor Williams was just a average guard. So you, you know, you get green in the first round, the likelihood is you got a better guard. You get Zion Johnson, you probably have an upgraded guard. So Randy Gregory is a big one. The others are replaceable. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I, you know, you, you said it perfectly. Randy Gregory really is the other one that's like, who, if we could have seen him stay on the field, you'd probably look at his production and he didn't have any of those personal issues. He, we'd probably be talking about a potential superstar uh, defensive end. But uh, outside of that, I mean, Connor Williams, he had his moments, but he dealt with injuries. Lyle Collins, after these last two seasons, he couldn't be trusted. And Cooper, he had injuries as well. And then just kind of, you think about when you have a guy like Lamb and you have a guy like Gallup, I mean, that third wide receiver can be pretty replaceable regardless of how good they might be. You know, you don't need to have a superstar third wide receiver. Agreed. Not 20 million, you know. Especially not for 20 million. Yeah, just that that's the reason the reason that the, the draft picks came in so low is people are like, We'll give you a higher pick, but you take on the contract. You want us to take on the contract, the best you're gonna get is a day three pick. Dallas needed the cap space because we have Steven Jones. So when you look at those losses, Mike, should Dallas, you know, continue to fill needs through the draft, or do you feel like they should uh take the best player available? Um, you always add need to BPA, you know, Dallas shouldn't be drafting a running back or a, a, a high up running back or a high up quarterback because yeah. they have who they have. So you can't just go beat straight BPA, but it's BPA with need factored in. So I would say that they, that they need to hit a wide receiver and offensive guard and they'll likely attack those two positions first and then you need a tight end, you need a linebacker, you need a defensive end if possible. So from there on, from after you get your two main ones set, you could kind of fill in the roster where you need. Like obviously Dalton Schultz on the tag, that 11 million is going to come off the books. They're going to get a comp pick. We're going to need the uh, the a tight end there, you know, to to build up for the rookie year while Schultz starts. That way he can come in in year two and kind of be the guy. So, you know, they, they have needs that they need to fill, but wide receiver or offensive guard are the two big ones. Well, you know, Mike, I don't know how much you've heard about this, but, um, you know, we're going to play a little fill in the blank here. And with, with the NFL not as high on Jermaine Johnson as draft Twitter is, 
if you fell to pick blank, the Cowboys should trade up for him. Oh, this is a hard one because that is my guy. Jermaine Johnson is my I I think he's going to go before Thibodeau in the I think he's gonna be the third edge taken. Oh really? Yeah, I think they're gonna go. I think he's gonna be I think it's gonna go Aiden Hutchinson, uh Walker, and I think Jermaine Johnson's gonna go before Thibodeau. And Thibodeau will be somewhere in the nine to twelve range, and he'll be the fourth edge. I think edges are gonna go real early in this draft but i'm not trading up in this draft i just don't feel like the the values there that you need to have the picks especially us needing to fill holes knowing we're not going to be active as real free agents uh in free agency we're not going to go get a bobby wagner to fill a hole to improve the team so I need those bullets. And if I'm trading up, I'm trying to trade up from 88, get into the 60, 70 range for a better uh, third round pick, you know? Yeah. But that's it. Now, that said, if he got to 14, that's probably where you would have to go get him. And he's worth it because he's a stud. So if he fell, I would jump the Eagles and try to get him. If, if you told me, we had to trade up and get him. I would try to jump the Eagles to get him. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, David Ojabo, who suffers that untimely injury, suffers the ACL. I wonder if he would be in consideration at 24 for the Cowboys. Achilles. He tore his Achilles, which is worse. He yeah. will not be an option at 24 for Dallas. You think he Maybe gets taken before then? Go ahead. No, I was going to say, do you think he gets taken before then? No, I think he'll go in the set. He'll go sometime in day two. Oh, okay. Yeah, he has. He's he was going to take a year as it is because he was so raw, and so losing the year that you were going to build him up to COVID, it's just too much. I think he might even. He's very talented, but he he's probably going to be something that somebody gets in the back end of the second. Would be my guess. A lot of people are predicting the the Cowboys should take a guard here in the first round, Mike. Um, as far as the insurance goes, we know that the Cowboys like to protect themselves. Is there any injury uh, insurance free agent out there for left guard right now? We, we know that uh, Hernandez is no longer available. That was my guy from the notes because, like you said, this was from next week. So my guy was Hernandez with him gone. Um, I, I don't see it. I think this is something where, you, unfortunately, you kind of pigeonholed yourself into the drafting one. And, you know, Mike, guys, forgive me because that actually – I meant I meant to add this into my notes, but we are adding a new segment. It's going to be called Ask the Guys. And that question was actually provided by uh, JJ, a.k.a. JJ for Let's Go on Twitter. Uh, he sent in a couple of questions he wanted us to discuss. Mike, and that was his question for actually last week. So, JJ, forgive me if you're listening, man. I apologize for not uh, giving you the proper uh, respect there. But, yeah, we appreciate that question. Um and you know, Mike, I apologize. You said that uh, there there was there was one more guy out there that you liked. No, no, I, Will Hernandez was kind of my guy at left guard. Uh, the way I look at it is, you're going to draft one now, and McGovern is going to be your backup. I, I I don't love a lot of them. I'm sure I could be talked into another one, but Will Hernandez, I thought was the guy that if we got him, he could possibly start. And I've heard a lot about is J.C. Treader. Center. See, I'm not looking to upgrade okay. center. He's a center. Okay. For some reason, I thought he was a guard. 
No, no, he's uh, he's the old center from the Browns, and he's excellent. Uh, and he's probably uh, uh, he's probably an upgrade on the field, but I just like young Biadish. I think he played better, and and with him being uh, the uh, the he's like the NFL PA guy, and I don't know. Sometimes that's hard to have in the locker room. I know it stinks to say, but. You know, you want to get stuff done, and at the NFLPA guys going, well, we don't really have to do that, you know, by bargain. It's like, dude, we're just trying to get through this stuff, like the captain stuff and everything. I don't need somebody in there messing that up. Biotis didn't do that bad. I'll, I'll stick with Biotis. Okay. Again, Chat, thank you, JJ, for the question, man. We appreciate we appreciate that. And to any of our other listeners, if you ever want to um, hear Mike and I discuss anything, just shoot us a DM uh, at uh, Paul Ryan 15 or at CD Piglet, or you can – Tweeted at the uh, podcast account, ATV Cowboys Pod. You know, here we are, Mike. We're at our views from the front row. Did you watch anything good last week? Uh Oh, you know what? I saw X, the horror movie. Uh, how was that? that was I liked cool. that. I liked it. It's an old school 80s style horror flick. Yeah. Um, you know, one of those ones where it's half nudity for half the movie and then half extra violent gore. And it reminded me of the Tom uh, uh, Savini days. They did a good job uh, with the with the kills and the violence of it. Um, I also uh, watched Deep Water, which uh, another one I like, the thriller on Hulu with Ben Affleck and uh, oh, what is her name? Uh, De Armas. Uh, She's from Knives Out. I don't know who you're talking about. Very, very beautiful young lady, obviously. Yeah. And uh, that movie I like too, and I I um I also am what the Lakers show. God, that is great. The, oh, okay. Um, the with Magic and and John, John C. Riley. Right? Yeah. If you go, if you even know about Magic, it's worth it. And if you're a Lakers fan, it's like best show on television. Good. Oh, really? I I love well because the source material is what I grew up on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Magic Johnson coming to the Lakers and going through him, you know, dominating. So, Mike, I'm going to make you proud for the first time in podcast history. Okay. Um, I, I watched the classic 90s movie last week, I, although I did fall asleep at the end just because it was probably like 2 o'clock in the morning. But I'm going to I'm gonna say a line from it. I'm going to see if you can guess the movie, okay? Okay. Put the bunny back in the box. Yeah, that's uh, – uh... Uh, don't tell me that. I know if I wasn't on three hours sleep, I'd have had uh, it instantly. Um, I know you have it on the tip of your tongue right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. You even did the voice good. It's uh, uh, Con Air. Yes, sir. Ah, ha, sleep. I don't need sleep. I would have got that instantly if I was not not sleeping. Was that a good line to share, though? Yes, very good one. Now I would have done. Uh, I would have done. Uh, uh, Oh my God! See now the sleep's got me because I know fifteen hundred lines from that movie. Uh, you could do uh, uh, the man who killed more. Uh, he claims he killed more men than cancer. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, you can the. Uh, I love the. Uh, what What do you think's uh, wrong with him? I'd say a lot. I, I just <laughs> it's so good, Steve Steve Buscemi. Yes, Rames, yes. They're the all-star cast, and I mean, the dialogue wasn't really that cheesy. I feel like that movie is stood the test of time. Ten of ten. Uh, you, you you won't get a bad word out of Conair from me. 
10 no. of 10, like up there with Predator, Face Off, uh, 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 what's the one with us? Die Hard, right up there with them. Nicolas Cage was a badass and at, at that time. I can't, his new movie looks so good. You yeah, see that where he plays himself. You know where they stole that from, though? Jean-Claude Van Damme fans like myself. There's a movie called JCVD where he plays himself in Brussels and there's a bank robbery and he's in the middle of it as himself in the movie. And I think it's a riff on that. Like people watch that and they were Mm -hmm. like, we could do that with the Nicolas Cage, you know, and, and I'm, I'm weirdly excited to see that movie. I I just, the, the, the part where he's talking, Tiffany Haddish is talking to the other guys. So did you see Crudes too? He's like, I'm a 44-year-old man. No, I didn't see Crudes too. I saw Con Air and Face Off. Yeah. yeah. That, that does look like a good movie. I mean, he, Nicholas Cage, I know he's done a lot of kind of B-list stuff over the years, but he's got some classics under his belt. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes you sign on, you know, a contract with, uh, with the wrong director or the wrong thing doing. It happened to Cuba Gooden Jr. Had the same thing where he had a string of, where he just had B movies coming out, and uh, it happened to uh, 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 man, Pulp Fiction, uh, Vince, John Travolta. John Travolta. It happened to him again. No sleep. Um, and so, you know that that uh, that stuff happens when you sign on the wrong stuff. Yeah. You sign a deal thinking I, you know, I got to make this money, take care of the family, and then it and it, Bruce Willis is in the middle of it now. Bruce Willis got another diehard that's going to be coming out. It's going oh, to make Lord. money and, and that. But but right now he's in the middle of like this 10 movie thing where it's just, you know, B movie right. after B movie. Yeah. And also, um, again, another thing that would make you proud, Mike, my wife and I, we started This Is this is Us. We're on season two. And I've got to say, I, I really hate, I'm not, no spoiler alerts, but I hate what they're doing with Kevin's, Kevin's um, character so far. It's in a little oh, too close to home. It's making me sad. Where are you? Uh, where are you on the new season? No, I'm on just season two. Oh, okay, okay. So you, oh, you got a ways to go. It's yeah. You gotta, you got a ways, man. It's, it's just enjoy the ride because it's phenomenal. And Sterling K. Brown is probably my favorite actor right now. I think he's the best crier. Period of all time that I've ever seen is his cry just looks real. And is like, he has big, powerful tears and it's man. He's great. He's just, he's fantastic. The whole show's fantastic. Sometimes the, um, the, uh, sister bothers me a little bit, you know, uh, she's a little like self-centered, but, Mm -hmm being the one girl and in the middle and you know, it, I, I understand what they're doing with that and having the mom who is a singer and, you know, friggin' looks like Mandy Moore, you got to yeah, deal with well, that, yeah. you know? So I understand what, where they're coming from with that, but man, and when you get in a new season, like this last episode, I seriously just wanted to punch her. I'm like, I want to punch you and I do not ever condone hitting a female ever, but like, I wanted to punch her. <laughs> uh, Jack Pearson. I wish he was my dad, Mike. Jack Pearson's a beast. Dude, incredible. He, I, remember, I wonder how famous that actor was before the, the show. Because I, I don't remember. He doesn't have a familiar face. But Rocky's son. Phenomenal. 
He's Rocky's son. Really? In Rocky, not in real life, in the Rocky Balboa movie, mm-hmm. where he's where that iconic scene where he's like, it's not how hard you hit, it's how hard you can get hit and keep on moving forward. That he's telling that to that actor in that part. It's he plays his son in that movie. Spoiler alert, Mike. Of all the Rocky movies I've seen, a couple bits and pieces of some, but not a single. Uh, the only one I watched in full was Creed. And that's not even Rocky. <laughs> so you've never seen the original, at least the first, like there, five is not great, but one, 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 two, three, four, and six are amazing. But like one and two are like award-winning movies. They're not like, you know, they're like, they're like not boxing movies. They're yeah. like family movie. Him getting with Adrian and like and like, man, you seriously, you you have man, that's crazy. Sometimes you forget the age. Like I don't know, it just trips me out because I hear stuff like what working in Daphne's. I hear like, yeah, I don't watch Marvel movies or I haven't watched Star Wars or I don't know what Die Hard is or I don't. And I'm like. What is happening? Like, where are your parents? Yeah. I judge uh, your parents. Man, I was going to say something I forgot. Oh, well, let's move along here, Mike. Uh, we're moving on here to one word. Mike, give me one word to describe describe how you feel about the 2022 Cowboy season. Wagnerless. Wagnerless. I like it. Now, I don't care. It's not a word. They need Wagner, period. They had yeah. Wagner. They'd be good. For me, Mike, I'm going with incomplete. That's how I feel about it right now. Even with bringing back Hooker, Curse, uh, Dorrance Armstrong, Fowler, and you know, being able to make sure that Tank's staying here as well. Of course, Mike, I just feel like there's still a piece missing. And I can't really put my my finger on it. Wagner. Yeah, that, that, I mean that's fair. I still feel like, man, I don't know. It doesn't seem like people are talking enough about the a defensive tackle, like a above average defensive tackle, is what this defense is. It wouldn't. It wouldn't hurt. I, I want to see what Neville and Osa could do in year two. Yeah, because you know, Neville was hurt so much in this year that I don't yeah. even like. But him and Osa could be a really good pairing. The question is, do you have can Bohana stop the run if you're not bringing in Brent Urban? If you miss on on Akeem Hicks, do you have a run stuffer? Especially since you you know no no offense to him, but he just is too beat up. It's not the rookie LVE. He can't hold up in there, you know, so, uh, you know, and Cox is a cover guy. He's not a, he's not a run stuffer. So I just feel like I know the game is turned away from running the ball, but if you can run the ball just easily, Mm -hmm. teams are going to beat you. Then that's why the Niners beat us. They could do stuff like that. We couldn't. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I probably linebacker and nose tackle or, uh, Again, yeah, I think you make good points about Osa because what, what he was able to do in Gallimore's absence was pretty impressive. Yeah, Osa hit a rookie wall. Also, if you notice, the minute Brent Urban out went out, the other DTs started not playing so great. Yeah. Right? Man, I love I love you know that that because I call out when I'm wrong. Everybody knows how bad I was about Parsons, except for that Frankie J guy. Like he. Everybody tells him, like, dude, this guy's been talking about how he's wrong on Parsons all year. And all year, this guy kept putting out stuff about, like, yeah, look how wrong he was about Parsons. I'm like, I know, dude. I'm, Yeah, I'm there. I'm that. Yeah, I was. I've been saying it. But I'm also right sometimes. And yeah. 
I need, I was Brent Urban train number one. Like it was his wife and me. We were best friends because I am, everybody else came after because my dad's a Bears fan. So I watched Brent Urban. So I was you're going, the giant guy, that, that giant guy is a, a, a badass. And uh, I love the Ravens also. So I watched him a little bit in Baltimore and, um, and I just knew it was a great, cause people were like, well, why'd they guarantee is like, who is this guy? And I'm like, trust me, he does his job. Um, now he's coming off another injury. He's a year older. I understand they may not want to bring him back. I would, but yeah. you know, we'll see, deal. that's what you love to do. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I totally get if they want to go get Hicks though. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I, I do not want to upset my best friend. Uh, Brent Urban's wife. I still, I still drive the uh, train. Yeah. Uh, I would still like him on the team, but I'm, I also understand why they would bring in Hicks from the Bears. He's just, if he's healthy, he's 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 a good run stuffer and he's a big game player. Absolutely. Well, Mike, I gave you uh, some homework a couple weeks ago, and you're going to give us a uh, prospect review on Mr. Alec Pierce, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. Was- right here we here we go. I'm. Due to the sleep thing, I'm going to do a little bit of reading on my notes for him. I apologize, guys. So my pros are uh, he's a rare combo of size and athleticism. Like like a a he would he would measure up to Des like very big, uh, very don't get too excited. Very big, um, uh, has a lot of speed, has a lot of size, has good catch radius. He's 6'3, 211 pounds. He runs a 441. He has a 40.5 inch vertical. Um, he's a good, uh, he's an excellent contested catcher, which all Dez things. Dez was yeah. fast. He was big. Um, he would go up and get the ball. Um, he'd be a, he's a good run blocker. He's a good special teams guy. And he was good in goal line situations. Toss him up, toss the fade up to him. Again, Dez Bryant. Now the cons cannot separate. Dez, say what you would, uh, you know, about Dez route running. He did have separation ability. He would yeah. separate some. Um, he's uh, he's not much of a route runner. He doesn't have a great burst at the top of the route. So when you're going to, like, stop and come back, yeah. you know, the corner can kind of stay with him. He, he's not going to get good separation there. Um, he's not a yak guy, which is the big downer. When you're talking about this player, the difference between why Des Bryant goes in the first round and why this guy's teetering day two, day three, right. is because when you threw Des a screen, Lord have mercy. Like he would punt return. So he could go get the ball in a fade. He could go catch the deep ball. And I yeah. believe Pierce can do that. But what else can he do? If he can't separate, he's not a great route runner. He 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 when he gets the ball, he kind of goes down. He's not a break tackle person. Um, this is disappointing to hear. Yeah, yeah, and and he's still. If you get him day three and and you develop him into a, the kind of what you were trying to do with Semifioku, big guy who's fast, beats guys on go routes. That makes sense to do that. Do I think he's a day one contributor? Yes, but it's on special teams. He's a really good special teams player. He could be a gunner. Um, he could be a deep ball go ball uh, goal line guy. So fade route. Um, you know, you uh, you have something where you set up a play that to make it like a play action off a run and you get that guy a one-on-one and you go, all right, he may not separate, but he's fast. He can go up and get it. It's a smaller corner on him. 
maybe Philly drafts Trent McDuffie and they send out 5'10", little arm Trent McDuffie to face Alec Pierce, throw it up. And and Trent McDuffie's way better at his job than Alex Pierce is, you still throw it up. I don't care. Throw it up. You're good. Uh, so he can do that. Um, is he a realistic target for the Cowboys? I guess if mm, say say they got their guard in the or a DN drops in round one, uh, yeah. a Stingley or a Jermaine Johnson somehow falls in round one, and they pick him, and in the second round they need to get their left guard, so they go Ed Ingram. Mm-hmm. But now Alec Pierce might be a guy they try to get at eighty-eight to be like a you know a guy that helps in the red zone, a guy that's a deep ball guy, a special teams guy. I could see that. I I wouldn't bet on it though. I think he'll go somewhere early on round three, and I have a round three grade on him. To be honest, though, it moved up after the after the combine pro day stuff because I had a day three grade on him. Okay. Um, but when you have, when you have that kind of size and athleticism, if you get the right coaching, you can make plays. And so I moved him up to a third round grade. All right. Well, you know, a player that we were going to preview, but it sounds like you've done some homework on him, Mike. So I don't know if you want to just go ahead and get into it. But was going to be our our, our prospect preview was going to be. Old message, Sam Williams. Do you want to talk a little bit about him, or do you want to wait till next week? Uh, well, he's kind of been in the news. Do you want to pick another guy for next week? I'll pick another guy, and I'll, I'll shoot you a DM, but talk to us about Sam Williams, what, what you think about him. Okay, so Sam Williams, I do not like at pick 56, which is what a lot of people are talking about right now. Yeah. I, I, I believe Sam Williams is more of a – is honestly, tape-wise, is a day three guy. Uh he has size. He has speed now. That's what's going to move him up. He ran a 4.6, a 4.46, um, and he had a decent, broader vertical. Like He had good athletic testing, and he's a big dude. He has a lot of size. So it's going to move him up boards. He's just not very bendy on the edge. He doesn't have great get-off, in my opinion. Uh, he's stiff. Um, would I like him as a day-three pick? Like, I would. I think he he um, is a guy that can develop a specific type of way as a pass rusher. The thing is, is I think we kind of got a guy like that in Golston. Long arm, bigger, stronger. Obviously not the speed, but they're going to win the same way. I just don't think uh, uh, Sam Williams is going to beat a lot of guys off the edge. I don't care how fast he is. I don't think he's going to beat a guy off the edge with his get off and bend and beat people around the corner that often. It's just not something I see, especially not early on. He may develop it. So I think because he mentioned Dallas and Jerry Jones talking about, we need another Michael Parsons. People have kind of elevated him up into a stratosphere. He's not really in. Yeah. And so um, I just want to kind of put the, you know, let's not go looking for this guy at 56. Right. And, Let's make sure if we're getting him at 88, it's pretty solid. It's a pretty solid guy at 88, but who's available? Like, let's not just jump on, you know, uh, if there's an offensive tackle available like uh, uh, Friette, Nicholas, Nicholas. uh, Yeah, it's three names, three hours sleep, y'all. But if there's someone like that, maybe I'd rather have a risk on them and see what I can get from – 
from a, a, a Sanders later on at edge or something like that. So um, I just, I don't want to get people to get, is he a realistic option for Dallas? Absolutely. He fits their size, length, speed that they like. Um, I think Dallas would pull the trigger at 88 easily. I'm hoping they don't make that move at 56. You know how they get in love with the, with the player, but under Mike McCarthy, they've been much more disciplined on their board. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Uh, uh, pros is his speed, size, length. Con is his, uh, his bendiness, his twitch. Um, he's, he is, his ability to beat people around the corner with the said speed is a con. He's not great at it. Um, but, uh, I believe he has all the tools to be an edge setter, to be a cleanup sack guy, to yeah. be a guy who could win inside, um, with, uh, with, uh, with like attacking the outside with his speed and having the power to win back inside. So, mm-hmm. um, I would project him as a fourth round pick, but I think he could oh, go, wow. he could go anywhere from end of second to, uh, to us in the third round. He won't so get that 88. Yeah, so he's not a, at 88, you run up to the podium. It's like, okay, well, who else is here before we make this pick? Yeah, I love him. At 129, you can run to the podium, but I don't think he'll be at 129. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I'll think of another guy. I'm like, I haven't been able to do as many mock drafts this year as I'd like. So, uh, you know, so, but hey, next week, starting next week, we're going to be doing a lot of mock drafts. We're, we're bringing back the uh, Building the Cowboys uh, series. So I'm excited for that. Me too. Man, that was that was rough on me, man. Having these I have KT Turner coming on. I'm trying to grade KT Turner's draft. I'm like, obviously this guy knows what he's doing. Like he literally is on the draft show. Uh uh draft show and plug and play, man, are killing it. Jeff Cavanaugh is killing the draft game right now. Uh with with plug and play every Wednesday with Broadus and Brogler, and then draft show every Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, Kyle Yeomans, uh, uh, David Hellman, um, and obviously Brian Broaddus and Jeff. So, man, just a lot of good stuff. And then having those guys on and trying to grade them, just uh, – I'll always remember Osa because I was – I, I kind of – it had nothing to do with the player. It had nothing to do with – I didn't think he was good, anything like that. I didn't want another small defensive tackle. I was like, can I get a Brent Urban? Can I get a Bohana? Can I get – and – and Kevin uh, comes at us with uh, with Osa, you know, in like the fifth round. And I'm like, do I have to have that guy, you know, or it was his last pick or something in the fourth round. And uh, and he was like, just remember the name. And so I marked it down. And of course, we got him and we know the history from there is pretty damn good rookie years. So shots out to him. I gave him a B plus because of the Osa pick. <laughs> We've been really blessed, dude, with uh, some really, truly amazing guests. Uh, I know. I don't know why. You're really good at your job, sir. You get people because I would I would think I'm repellent. So why? Go on and let that guy talk over me the whole time? But for some reason, they come on, and it's awesome. You're too humble, sir. You've made quite a name for yourself, especially on draft Twitter and, and Cowboys Twitter, my friend. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the guy that hated Micah Parsons the most. <laughs> What a what a great way to be. The just like the best player in the like the best player in like the last five years draft. It's just crazy. And and I was like, oh yeah, give me JOK if you have to get a linebacker. What a what a moron. And I'm grading people's drafts 
Oh boy, do I have you guys fooled. My God, imagine if we had drafted Micah and JFK, dude. We did. Hey, we might have. Cox is Cox is coming. Oh yeah, yeah. Cox is coming. Very true. Well, Mike, as always, man, I appreciate. I enjoy the discussion tonight. Cox Before we get you out of here. Pause. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> oh Lord. Nice and easy. Cox is coming. Uh, thank you for the episode title, Mike. Uh, guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us. We'll see you guys next week. I also, I want to give a shout out to uh, LP Cruz at Stonehall Sports and to the Star Vision. And uh, we had another viewer tonight, Mike, but they didn't show up in the chat. So thank you guys for showing support and showing love, man. We sure do appreciate that. Live, especially. We're hard to deal exactly. with live. <laughs> All right, guys, y'all have a wonderful evening.